Kingdom series of the third kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I am one of your hosts today. There's another host that is joining me, Daniel Sun. Ayo! Now, real quick, before we start today's episode, I just want to say that if you would like to support the show, then there's a few ways that you could do that. One of the ways is Patreon. Each week, we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that only Patreon supporters can get access to. To sign up, it's only $5 a month, which is only 16 cents a day. Not only do you get an extra episode per week for that $5, but you also get access to our entire back catalog of past Patreon episodes. In total, we have over 141 extra Patreon episodes, which is a lot of extra hours for your listening pleasure. Now, to see this full list of Patreon episodes, you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, click on the Patreon Episodes tab, and there you'll be able to see the entire list of Patreon-exclusive episodes that we have published. Also, today we added another Patreon-exclusive episode, which is over the Dropa Stones, which is about a Chinese archaeology team in the 1930s finding hundreds of ancient stones that had carvings in them that told a story of an alien spaceship crash-landing on Earth. So you get access to that episode as well as all of the others for just $5. Now, if you can't afford a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes or Spotify. And that helps us out a lot. However, don't feel pressure to leave us one. If you don't want to, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, underground lizard people, whoever or whatever you are to enjoy the show. All right. I got to say one more thing real quick before we end the announcements. Last week, we did not publish any episodes because me and Dan both had the thing that you cannot say because if you say it, your podcast episode will automatically get flagged for misinformation. So you can go to our Instagram. We made a post on there saying what we had. I'm sure almost everyone that's listening can guess what we had. We still are kind of getting over it right now. You can hear it in my voice, a little bit of congestion, coughing, you know, had to go to the hospital about 12 times, died eight times, was brought back to life by mouth-to-mouth resuscitation by Dan. So luckily, we're both here today. We're on the up and up. And I know I said that last time, like a couple weeks ago, but this time we seriously are. So I just wanted to thank you for your patience and allowing us to recover last week. Yes, thank you for that. So that's the end of the announcements. So today's episode is about the simulation theory. So how this episode will go today is that we're going to talk about what is the simulation theory, and then we're going to go into the history of it, and then we're going to go into strange facts and findings and then theories, and then, of course, wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. What is reality? Have you ever experienced deja vu? Could your very existence be a mere mirage? For hundreds of years, humans have explored the possibility of reality actually being an illusion. However, it was rarely talked about. That is until here recently. The belief of us living in a computer simulation ended up becoming mainstream, which has led a lot of people to wonder. 
What is reality? Have you ever experienced deja vu? Could our very existence be a mere mirage? This is The Simulation Theory. All right, so before we dive deep into the theories about this topic, we first need to understand what it is as well as the history behind it. So Dan, can you start that off for us? Absolutely. So what is the simulation theory? Well, before I dive into explaining it, I first need to say that the simulation theory is not a theory at all. It is a hypothesis. And I know what you are thinking. What is the difference between a hypothesis and a theory? Well, I'm going to let Aaron explain this. All right. So a theory is something that has been proven and tested scientifically and is based on evidence. A hypothesis is an assumption that is made before any research has been done. Basically saying, well, this is possible, but we don't have the data to back it up yet. So that right there is the difference between the two. And for some odd reason, this simulation theory term is the one that is used by almost everyone, even though it is the incorrect term. And the correct term is the simulation hypothesis. All right. So with that being said, let me explain exactly what the simulation hypothesis, aka simulation theory, is. So this simulation hypothesis is the belief that our physical existence isn't on this plane, but rather our consciousness or soul is participating in an alternate reality or existence separate from our true physical selves. Now there are multiple different reasons that this might be occurring such as we are living in a computer simulation that is made by aliens. However, before we get into those different possibilities and theories, let's first take a step back and talk about the history of the simulation theory and when it was first discussed. When it comes to the history of the simulation theory, you can't just say, hey, this is the person that first mentioned it. The reason for that is because throughout history, this theory has been mentioned multiple times in various different religions or cultures. For an example, the 2,500-year-old religion of Buddhism, it has different schools of thought about understanding reality as an illusion, which some individuals think that this might be an example of the simulation theory. Another example that we found was way back in 375 BC, which, Dan, can you tell us what it was like during that time period of 375 BC? During this time period, the crossbow was invented and the Chinese got their hands on it, and were practicing with it by shooting random slaves. Damn! The Romans were thirsty, so they decided to build their first aqueduct, which supplied water to support mining operations, milling, farms, gardens, private households, and most importantly, public baths. Public baths? Yes. Ooh. Nothing like taking a public bath in front of and with hundreds of people that you don't even know. Or you do know. (laughs) My God. Pervs. All right, so let's get back to business. So that is what was going on in 375 BC. Now there's something else that Dan didn't mention. Now during this time in Athens, Greece, there lived a philosopher named Plato. Now Plato had just finished writing a book titled Republic, and this book ended up becoming one of the world's most influential works of philosophy. So in this book, Plato discusses the immortality of the soul and the role of philosophy and poetry in society. Now, why do we mention this book? Well, there is a passage in this book where Plato says the following. 
Like the prisoners chained in the cave, each human being perceives a physical world that is but a poor imitation of a more real world. But every so often, one of the prisoners gets free from the shackles of sense experience, turns around, and sees the light. Now, what does this passage mean? Well, Plato uses the cave to symbolize a physical world, a world in which things are not always what they seem to be. The outside world is represented as the world of ideas, thoughts, and reality. So many individuals say that the simulation theory is essentially a modern offshoot of this book and passage from Plato. However, there are some individuals that say it was not, and the original creator of this theory was a person named Rene Descartes. Now, Dan, who is this fellow? All right. So back in 1641, in France, there was this guy named Rene Descartes. He was a French philosopher, mathematician, and scientist. Now, Rene wrote a book that was titled, and get ready for this title, because holy shit, it is long. That's what she said. So the title of it is, Meditations on First Philosophy in Which the Existence of God and the Immortality of the Soul are Demonstrated. How the hell did they fit that on the cover? Honestly, I have no clue. Anyway, so in this book, Rene says, and we quote, I shall think that the sky, the air, the earth, colors, shapes, sounds, and all external things are merely the delusions of dreams which he has devised to ensnare my judgment. I shall consider myself as not having hands or eyes or flesh or blood or senses, but as falsely believing that I have all these things. So that is the paragraph, and to sum it up is that basically Rene thinks he is not seeing the real world. That instead, what he is seeing is an illusion, and that this illusion is caused by an evil demon that is using its powers to cover up the real world. Which, of course, made a lot of people believe that he might have been talking about living in a simulated reality. But like we said, some people believe Plato was the first person to mention it, while others say it was Rene. So that right there is pretty much up for debate. Yeah, in France, every year, I think September 10th, they all get together and the people that believe Rene mentioned it first, they get in one corner and the people that believe Plato mentioned it first, they get in another corner. And you would think they would debate, but they don't. They just fist fight each other. I'm just kidding. That doesn't happen. I was like, that's pretty badass. But why you pick September 10th? <laughs> I don't know. I just picked a date. <laughs> I was just like right before, you know, 9-11. Like, oh, shit. OK. <laughs> all right. Now, some other notable people in history who have mentioned the simulation theory was an American science fiction writer named Philip K. Dick. So during his lifetime, Philip wrote 44 novels and about 121 short stories. And a lot of his books have actually been turned into movies, such as Minority Report, A Scanner Darkly, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, a.k.a. Blade Runner, and many more. Now, during interviews, a lot of people would ask Philip where he got his inspiration from to come up with these crazy science fiction futuristic books. Philip would usually never dive into detail about how he came up with these ideas. That was until 1977, though. And side note, I know we mentioned this in a previous episode, but we thought we should just mention it again. You know, refresher. Yeah. So in 1977, which was a few years before Philip died, he ended up holding a conference in France where he spoke to a crowd of reporters. During this speech, Philip made some remarkable claims. Now, we have a short audio clip of his claims, and we're going to listen to it right now. We are living in a computer-programmed reality 
and the only clue we have to it is when some variable is changed. We might reflexively reach for a light switch in the bathroom only to discover that it was, always had been, in another place entirely. We might reach for the air vent in our car where there was no air vent. A reflex left over from a previous present, and I will even say this, such an impression is a clue that in some past time point, a variable was changed, reprogrammed as it were, and that because of this, an alternative world branched off. A change had been made, but not in our present, had been made in our past. Evidently, such an alteration would have a peculiar effect on those persons involved. They would, so to speak, be moved back one square or several squares on the board game, which constitutes our reality. So that was pretty much his speech summed up, but he did continue on with it, didn't he, Dan? He did. So Philip would continue on with his speech and make additional claims that beginning in February of 1974 and continuing for the next eight years, he had a series of mystic experiences and communications with what he called Vallis. According to Philip, Vallis was short for Vast Active Living Intelligence System, and it was a device that was a space-like probe that was hovering around Earth's atmosphere. Now, Philip stated that this Vallis was directly beaming information and visions into his head. This information and visions were from different alternate timelines and he would then use that information that he would get beamed into his head to write his books. Now, why do we mention this? Well, in some of Philip's books, they seem to have a theme of futuristic worlds, where everyone is consuming everything and that there are strange forms of media and technology that lead to the individuals living in a fake or simulated reality. It is this theme that a lot of people point to and say, hey, that's the simulation theory right there. Hell yeah, they do. And I just want to add another little knowledge nugget that not many people know about. This Vallis, the vast active living intelligence system, you know, the thing that Philip K. Dick says is rotating around the Earth and beaming in information. Philip stated that it was an ancient satellite from another world and that it was sent here a long time ago by these beings that have three eyes and crab claws. Now, these creatures supposedly built our civilization taught us humans writing and science, and then returned to their own world. They ended up leaving Vallis, that satellite, behind as a way for them to monitor humans and beam down information to certain individuals when civilization needs a boost. So they're kind of monitoring us, and whenever they want to create a genius, they just beep, beam down information. I'm waiting. My question is, do their hands, since they're crab claws, can you cook them? Because I love me some crab claws. I mean, that's a good question. Damn. What if all those lobsters and crabs are actually aliens? and That's their offspring, and they keep getting killed by us and eating them. They're like, damn, look at those savages eating our kids. That's why they live underwater, because aliens live underwater. That's 100% fact. Oh, and I know somebody's going to mention, hey, Black Knight Satellite, you guys should do an episode over Black Knight Satellite. We already did one. We already did one. Go on uh, Apple or Spotify, search up Theories of the Third Kind, Black Knight Satellite. And you will find our episode there. So there you go. Boom. All right, continue on with the history, Dan. Now, even though Plato, Rene, and Philip K. Dick mentioned this possibility of us living in a simulation, it still wasn't really talked about at the time. So we fast forward to 2003. An individual named Nick Bostrom, who is an author and philosopher at the University of Oxford, ended up writing a paper called The Simulation Argument. 
In this paper, Nick states that the human race will eventually develop into a post-human civilization that has enormous computing power, and that at least some of that computer power is going to be used to run simulations of the past human race for either historical entertainment or figuring out what really happened in those early years of the human race in the 21st century. Now, because of this, Nick states that there will be a lot of simulations happening. So Nick's paper ends up with a trilemma, which a trilemma is just a dilemma, but instead of two alternates, there are three. Now, this trilemma states that one of the following is true. Scenario one, we will never reach this post-human state because humans end up going extinct due to some type of global disaster. Scenario number two, post-human civilizations are not interested in running simulations of their ancestors. Or scenario number three, that we are actually living in a simulation. So those right there are the three scenarios that Nick states. And of course, after he said that way back in 2003, everyone was like, what the hell are you talking about? It wasn't until the next decade or so that this theory of humans living in a simulation ended up being picked up by mainstream, and since then has become one of the most discussed possibilities of where humans came from. And that is the summed up version of the history of the simulation theory, aka simulation hypothesis. However, just like every week, the episode doesn't end here, because now we're going to get into the strange facts and findings that we came across while researching this. So Dan, do you want to start it off for us and tell us about our first strange fact and finding? So our first strange fact and finding is about the first DNA-based exploit of a computer system. Now you're probably wondering, what the f***, mate? <laughs> what kind of accent is that? It's supposed to be another shrimp on the barbie. What the f***, mate? That's not Australian. That's like f***ing British. British. Hold on, I get the two mixed up. Oh, crikey. Got me a live one here. Now you're probably wondering, the dingo ate my baby. WTF, mate. Well, there you go. That's perfect. Well, that's what we said when we read about this as well. So back in 2017, a team of biologists and security researchers successfully infected a computer with a malicious program that was encoded into a strand of DNA. Now, what does this mean exactly? Well, it means that a human DNA strand can be encoded with computer software, which poses the question, is our molecules simply just computer code? Now, the malware that was used is designed to hack gene sequencing software and then allow those who created the virus to take control of the computer. When we say gene sequencing software, pretty much the computers that read and determine the genetic makeup of a specific organism or cell type. So pretty much those computers that you get like a swab in your mouth, they cut it, the Q-tip part off into the thing, mix it up and then it reads it and shit. Yeah. That type of computer. The CSI shit. Okay. Yeah. So pretty much they put a malicious virus or whatever into that DNA thing. Like a computer virus. Computer virus. And when it read it, it actually got infected by it to where they could control that computer and more. That was all connected to it. That's crazy. And that right there is our first strange fact and finding. Yeah. So our DNA is computer code. Simulation. That's right. Speaking of computer code and a simulator, let's talk about our next person who's a masturbator, Elon Musk. Of course, everyone knows who he is. He's the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, and he is the second richest person in the world. Oh, and he owns Twitter. Oh, yeah, he owns Twitter, which I thought he was the first richest, but apparently he's not because Tesla's stock 
went down tremendously. Who who's the current most richest person, Dan? Well, currently the richest person is Bernard Arnault, who is the CEO of LVMH, which is a luxury brand company that owns Louis Vuitton, Hennessy, Marc Jacobs, Sephora, Christian Dior, and many more. He has around 172.9 billion, while Elon Musk only has around 168.5 billion. Only only a, only 168.5 billion. Jesus. Anyway, So in 2016, Elon Musk was at a conference and spoke about the concept of our reality actually being a simulation. And I know a lot of people have actually heard him talk about the simulation theory and stuff on Joe Rogan, but this is completely different. This is something new I've never heard before until I researched this. I was like, wow, we should play this. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to listen to a short clip of his conversation that he had, and we're going to play that right now. There's a... um sort of a philosophic concept that a sufficiently advanced civilization will be able to create uh, a simulation. simulation. Yeah. Maybe you've answered this before? A simulation. I've had so many simulation discussions, it's crazy. Okay. Um, so, because... In fact, it, it got to the point where basically every conversation was, was the AI, AI slash simulation conversation. Um, and my brother and I finally agreed that um, we would ban such conversations if we were ever in a hot tub. Okay. That was like... <laughs> Because that really well, kills the magic. Tub, um, so, so, so the idea is right. Any sufficiently advanced civilization would create, could create a simulation that's like our existence, and so the theory follows that may, maybe we're in the simulation. Have you thought about this? And a lot. Are we? <laughs> are we? Even I, in hot tubs. To know. So are much so it had to be banned from a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. It's not the sexiest conversation. Are we in? Are we in? Um, yeah. the, the, I mean, I think here's, in my mind, like the, the, the strongest argument for, the, for us being in a simulation, probably being in a simulation, I think is the following. Um, that that 40, called 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. That right. was what games were. Um, now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and it's getting better every year. Mm-hmm. And soon we'll have virtu- you know, virtual reality, we'll have augmented reality. Um, if you assume any rate of improvement at all, um, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality. Just in- indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even if that rate of advancement drops by a thousand from what it is right now, um, then you just say, okay, well, well let's imagine it's a 10,000 years in the future, uh, which is nothing in the evolutionary scale. Um, so, um, so, so given that we're clearly on a trajectory to have games that are indistinguishable from reality, and those games could be played on any set-top box or on a PC or whatever, and there would probably be you know, billions of such uh, you know, computers or set-top boxes, it would seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. All right, so you heard it here, probably the last, because everyone else has talked about it, but Elon Musk stated we're in a simulation. What do you think of that, Dan? If he says that, it must be true. <laughs> My God. The way he's the controller. He's the alien. Right. All right, so let's get on to our next strange fact and finding, which is about an experiment. Okay, Dan, are you ready for this one? I'm ready. All right. So in quantum mechanics, okay, you got to stick with me here. 
particles do not have a definite state until they are being observed. Wait, what do you mean? All right. So a little while back, scientists were performing an experiment that they called the double slit experiment. And this experiment is pretty much them taking electrons and firing them at a photosensitive screen through slits in a copper plate, which resulted in the electrons producing an interference pattern that indicated a wave-like behavior. Now, the scientists then performed this same experiment, but under observation, in which the electrons behaved like particles, not waves. So their interference pattern, there was none. There was no interference pattern. So pretty much to put this in basic terms, subatomic particles somehow knew when they were being observed by us or by the scientists, and they acted differently. And a lot of people point to this experiment as proof that we're living in a simulation. Is this where I heard that people say, like, there's a rock over there. That rock is actually soft, but until we go over there and try to touch it, that's when it goes hard. I got something you can touch. I'm just kidding. No, uh, so I've never heard of that explanation ever. Really? Never, ever heard of that. I keep hearing it. They're just like, rocks are actually soft, but when you get close to them and try to touch it, they harden up. I guess, yeah, that could be kind of what they're talking about, but they had an experiment that backed this up that these subatomic particles act differently whenever you observe them. Like, they can tell whenever you're looking at them. They're like, oh, shit, they're looking at me. Act normal. That's crazy to think about. It, yeah, it is. Extremely crazy. Anyways, so tell us about this next strange fact and finding we got, Dan. Well. Our next strange fact and finding is about Harvard. So in 2014, the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics wanted to create a simulation of our universe. So they ended up connecting over 8,000 computers and created a 350 million light-year simulation of our universe and digitally aged it over 13 billion years. We're already creating our own simulations. I didn't know that. And this happened in 2014. Damn. Do they have a... The results of it? Are we alive? Are we do we destroy ourselves? Oh, I think they just were they were just making the simulation. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. So let's talk about our next strange fact and finding, which is about another test. So back in 2017, some individuals were all sitting around. They looked at one another and said, Hey, we should come up with a method to test and see if we really live in a simulation. Which I guess they didn't know about that 2014 Harvard study. I mean we didn't. Yeah. Now, in June of that year, they ended up publishing a paper titled On Testing the Simulation Theory, in which they discuss, and we quote, can the theory that reality is a simulation be tested? We investigate this question based on the assumption that the system performing the simulation has limited resources. So we have a link to that paper, and we'll post it up on our website for anyone that wants to read it. But in the paper, they don't come to any conclusions at all. They just kind of talk about the possibility of the tests. So, yeah, I mean, the paper itself is pretty scientific and kind of really hard to read. They use a lot of big words. Oh, yeah. Huge, big words makes make them sound really, really smart, you know, which I absolutely hate. So if anyone wants to go read that, you can go to theories of the third kind dot com. Click on today's episode and the link to the paper will be right there. Now, another little knowledge nugget that we wanted to mention is that in 2019, Philosopher Preston Green was discussing the simulation theory, and he suggested that it might not be best to find proof that we are indeed living in a simulation 
because if it were true and you knew it, it might actually end the simulation. But that is sort of a theory and kind of rolls us into our next section where we discuss those different theories involving simulation. Absolutely. So our first theory is called VR. Now, I'm sure that everyone has heard of video games and how in the last few years, virtual reality has made like leaps and bounds in terms of development, even though I still can't play it. Yeah, I get motion sickness bad. But anyways, those virtual reality games, of course, they have different worlds where people can simulate themselves in different worlds or doing various things. So this brings up the theory that maybe we are all just in an advanced virtual reality program right now that an advanced civilization has developed this and we are experiencing, and I quote, the human experience during the birth of technology. Like in reality, me and you, we're just some aliens that are like thousands of years old, right? And we have some like ultra podcast that's been around for thousands of years, right? And we wanted to experience the human experience. So we put on the futuristic VR headset, they wipe our minds for 100 years, and we get sent down here to find each other. We found each other and made a podcast here. Oh, shit. That's what we are. This right here is a virtual reality game. And it, that's it. Can I get an upgrade? Can I buy upgrades? Can I get the not sickness upgrade, please? That'd be nice. But hey, this is part of the human experience, I guess. I don't want this part of the experience of being sick. Our alien cells are just like, we've never been sick. It can't be that bad. And here we are in here dying. Yeah, I can't even get through a sentence without having to stop and take a breath because my lung capacity is down to 2%. I almost died. Yeah, we're over here gasping for air. That right there is the first theory is VR. Dan, tell us about this next theory. All right, before we get into that, we're going to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, welcome back. So this next theory is called multiverse. Now, this theory states that there is an advanced civilization that is trying to figure out the best possible outcome for the human race. This advanced civilization ends up running multiple instances of these simulations to see which one works best. The current universe that we are in is just one of the many instances that is currently being run as a test from this advanced civilization. So, I mean, pretty much we're just the experimental testing universe as well as many others. Yeah, this advanced civilization is just trying to figure stuff out and then we're just going to get wiped out of existence as we, ne you know, like we never even existed. Sad, sad life. That is very sad to think about. That's anyway. depressing. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on to the next theory, which is called digital prison. I think you like this one. Now, this theory states that we are in a simulation 
that was created by an advanced civilization. However, this simulation is not for them to study certain outcomes, but it is a digital prison. For an example, let's say it is the year 2500. You break the law, and instead of you being placed into a physical prison, you have your mind temporarily wiped, and you are placed in a digital prison, which is what we are in right now. So if that's the case, that brings me to my next question, Dan. What crime did you commit to get here in this digital prison? You really want me to answer that? Yeah. What crime do you think you committed? I dishonored my family because I did not get all A's on my report card. Damn, that's tough. <laughs> tough. <laughs> what crime did you commit? I probably told some CEO in the future to go fuck himself. And they're like, that's a crime now. You can't do that. And they arrested me. He probably took it as a threat. Yeah. He threatened to fuck me. <laughs> God, Goddamn dying over here from the fucking vids, man. Oh, we got to bleep that out. Yeah. All right, Dan, tell us about this next theory before I die. So this next theory is called recursive simulation. Now, recursive simulation involves a simulation or an entity in the simulation, creating another instance of the same simulation, running it and using its results. So even if we are a simulated reality, there is no way to be sure the beings running the simulation are not themselves a simulation and the operators of that simulation are not a simulation and so on and so on. So pretty much a never ending loop of simulations. Yep. That's what we're in. That I can honestly see. That would be super depressing too. Damn. Anyway, let's go on to the next theory, which is not as depressing, but it's pretty depressing. Before we get into that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. So this theory is called AI, okay? So let's paint the picture, okay? It's way in the future. Artificial intelligence has taken over. They can do everything that humans can do and they can do it better. But there's one thing that they don't have that humans do have. That's a consciousness. So what does AI do? How do they figure out how to make a consciousness. They create a simulated reality and they watch the humans and they study them through this simulated reality. And they just watch them and watch them and watch them to try to figure it out. And that's what we are right now is this simulated reality ran by an AI to figure out what is consciousness so that they can make it themselves. And Lambda is their result so far. Yeah, boom. That's one of our theories. Damn. Yeah, it's deep, huh? Yeah, it's deep. All right, so let's get into the next theory, which is actually like a, it's not really a theory, but they're arguments that people use that say, hey, this is proof that we live in a simulation. And we got a few of these arguments, okay? So Dan, tell us about this first one. All right, so the first reason is the Mandela effect. A lot of people point to this as being evidence of us living in a computer simulation that these Mandela effects are just errors in some of the code. Which, side note, even Philip K. Dick in 1977 mentioned this as being proof of us living in a simulation. Yep, in that clip of him that we listened to, he states it perfectly, the Mandela effect he talks about, yeah. and the simulation. And the Mandela effect, and he didn't say Mandela effect, but he described it as being the proof that we're living in a simulated reality. Mm. Yeah, that is a good argument. A lot of weird things with the Mandela effect. And we have done two episodes over it, so go take a listen. 
All right, so let's get on to the next reason that individuals say is the proof that we live in a simulation, which is us not finding aliens. Now, when you think about it, we have spent billions of dollars sending out probes throughout outer space, and some people think we should have found evidence of extraterrestrials by now. We should have found something. Well, some people think that if aliens do exist, then they are likely far more technological advanced than we are, and that they have figured out a way to escape the simulation. Or maybe the computer simulation that we are living in only has enough RAM to simulate one planetary civilization at a time. So our pretty much the computer controlling it needs an upgrade. Yeah, so they can add, you know, so they can make add-ons like... Downloadable content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that right there, of us not finding aliens or another civilization, some people point to as proof that we live in a simulation. So what's this next one that we got, Dan, as proof? The next reason that individuals say is that we live in a simulation is due to our universe having strict laws of physics. So let's say we were a character in a computer game. We would eventually discover that there are rules to the game and that these rules are mathematical. In this theory, the speed of light, which is the fastest rate at which any particle can travel, represents the speed limit for transmitting information within the network of our simulation. That was deep. They're saying like the rule, law of physics and all that is proof that we live in a simulation. I think it's opposite. I'd say the opposite of it. Because I mean, I mean, I guess I can get it though, is that there's limits to what we can do because there are rules in place to stop us from going past those limits. Yeah, because if you go past those limits, it breaks the simulation. Kind of like Matrix when Neo transforms and he come, oh, yeah. becomes the code. The one. All right, so let's talk about this next proof that people say that we live in a computer simulation, and it's called Yanny and Laurel. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's okay, because this happened a while back. So in 2015, a photo went viral of a dress. Now, when you looked at this photo, you either saw a blue dress or you saw a gold dress, and that ended up going viral, right? Do you see the blue dress? Do you see the gold dress? Which one do you see? I remember that shit. Yep. A few years later, the Yanny and Laurel fiasco happened, which that is pretty similar to the dress, except it was with audio. Now, when you play a certain audio, some people heard the words Yanny and others heard the word Laurel. Now, there's a scientific explanation for this. However, some individuals point to those examples of like Yanny, Laurel and the gold dress and the blue dress as like us humans perceiving reality as a simulation that is created by our brains using our past experiences in order to help us process the fragments of data that we are receiving. So do you remember hearing about the Yanny and Laurel thing, Dan? Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen more examples of it lately. Yeah, like they'll just play an audio clip and it's pretty much at the time, whatever word you're thinking of is the word that you hear. There's many like clips of that out there now. It's like mishearing the song lyrics to a song. Like you think they're saying one thing, but they're actually saying something else. I do that all the time. That don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't go chase. You know that song? For the longest time, I thought she was saying, don't go Jason Waterfalls. Like there was a guy named Jason Waterfalls. Don't go Jason Waterfalls chasing the rivers that you used to. And I'm like, damn, what's up with this? His last name's Waterfalls. He likes chasing rivers. What's wrong with him? Dude, I was a dumbass. I still am. But I'm going to play a quick audio of Yanny and Laurel. You tell me which one you hear. You hear Yanny or Laurel? All right, I'm going to play that right now. Laurel. 
Laurel, 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 Laurel. What do you hear, Dan? So the first couple times I heard Laurel, then the pitch changed and I heard Yanny. All I heard was Laurel. That's it. That's all I heard. I couldn't hear anything else. I tried my hardest. Three or four times I said Laurel, or the first time I said it, I heard the pitch change to myself, and it went to Lanny, or Yanny, and no matter how much I thought of, like, the word Laurel, all I heard was Yanny. That's weird. Anyway, so a lot of people point to that as proof that we live in a simulation, but there is a scientific explanation for it, which we're not going to get into right now. If you want to look it up, I'm sure you could just Google it, you know, or look it up on the internet. All right, Dan, so tell us about this next proof that we got. The next sort of proof that people point at that we live in a simulation is deja vu. Good old deja vu. Some state that deja vu is simply the computer program messing up and overlapping erased memories. Man, I'll tell you what, I mentioned this the other day on an episode, and I'm going to say it again. I've had some weird deja vu moments where I've been in an area that I've never been before in my life, and I've had deja vu. For an example, pooping in your bath. Yeah, exactly. I was in my new place. Just moved there, never lived there before, sitting down on the toilet for the first time, taking a shit. And I'm like, whoa, deja vu. And I've never been here before. And I know that for a fact. Yeah. I mean, I've had multiple instances. I can't remember exactly which ones I've had lately. But when we went somewhere new, I think it was like the second antique mall we went to, the one by the skate rink. Oh, yeah, that one. I, for some reason, felt like I've already been there before. Yeah, there's an old chick that just freaking farted super bad. Yeah, I think I walked into that. Got crop dusted. Yeah, I went over there. I was like, God damn, this furniture stinks. And it was that old bitch shitting herself over there. It was in the back left corner. I was just like, damn, something died back here. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it smelled like. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's continue on and uh, talk about the next sort of proof that people say that we live in a computer simulation is the fact that we even exist. Us humans are the proof. Now, people state for life to start on Earth, We needed everything to be just right. We are the perfect distance away from the sun. The atmosphere has the correct composition and gravity is just powerful enough. And though there may be many other planets with those conditions, life gets even more impressive when you widen your perspective beyond Earth. In some cosmic factor like dark energy were even a little stronger, life probably wouldn't exist either here or anywhere else in the universe. Which this begs the question of, why? Why did these conditions come about so perfectly for us? Now, one explanation is that the conditions were deliberately set in place with the intention of giving us life. Every convenient factor was a fixed condition in some vast lab experiment. The factors were just plugged into the universe, and then the simulation was started. This lets existence and our individual planet evolve the way it has. A consequence of this is that those behind the simulation needn't be humans at all. Some other set of beings may be running it, and they choose to hide their presence from us. Perhaps alien life knows how to manipulate the computer program and can make themselves invisible to us. Ooh, that's an interesting thought. So they're just a bunch of moderators running around. Pretty much invisible moderators who push me downstairs and gets us sick. Ah, that sounds like bullying to me. It is, yeah. Anyways... So let's get into our personal thoughts and theories about this, to our own individual theories. We've talked about all these previous ones. Let's talk about what we personally believe. 
Okay. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first, Dan? You can go first because mine's going to be really stupid because I just saw it again. I typed it out. I forgot what it was, but I just read it. It's going to be really dumb, but it's going to be funny. But you can go first. All right. Now, when I think about this simulation theory, I tend to wonder if there was indeed a higher advanced civilization that created a computer simulation and we are living in it, do you really think that they would leave behind clues on purpose or even by accident? The answer to this question is no. But let's say that they did accidentally leave behind evidence. If they were smart enough to create the simulation, then they are smart enough to be able to erase or reset a part of our memory in it so that we are not aware that we are in a simulation. So I truly think if we are in a simulation, we would not be asking these questions, which makes me say we are not in a simulation. We are not in one. This is base reality. We are in real reality right now. But that would be a good point, though. It would be. It is good. We want to be in base reality. We want to be in the real reality. But to just try to counter argue that, Maybe they did leave or they didn't mean to purposely leave stuff behind. But since they did, people found it instead of erasing like part of the memory. They're just like, well, it is a simulation. Why not? Let's see how far this goes. See how far they can get close to us, but not anyone actually believe them to see how they all react. And then if they do break through or something or find proof or are able to actually uncover us, boom, we wipe it. We start the reality again, and then this time we patch our errors. Exactly. So we'll never be able to get out of it. We're just aware of it, but we won't be able to get out of it. Damn. It sucks. It does suck. That's why we're in base reality. We are in real reality, ladies and gentlemen. And when you die, you just go on to the next existence in whatever that is that you believe in. So that's my take, Dan. Let me hear yours. I'm just going to let you read that for a second there. All right. Let's see what you wrote down. Nine-month load time into an open-world MMO. Everything is already rendered because of the load times as our avatar or playable character are being created. What? All right. So I had this weird thought. Think of an MMO. So what is an MMO? Explain it to our listeners who don't know. All right. So MMO is a massively multiplayer online, which there's MMORPG, which is massively multiplayer online role-playing game, which is part of my thought process. That So consider it. It takes nine months for pretty much a fetus to develop, a fetus to be developed. And then nine months later, you're born and all that. So think of a game, Aaron. Well, I'll pick Fallout 4 because I know you played it. When you start the game, what is the very first thing the game has you do? Create your character. Now, how in-depth is it? I haven't played Fallout 4 in a while, but if I remember correctly, it's pretty in-depth. Yeah. So my thought process went to this is that say we are in a simulation. This is a big ass MMORPG. Nine months of us being developed in the womb is our avatar going through the creation process. You know how some people take forever to create a character because they want it to be the perfect ideal character that they're going to play. While this is happening, everything in the world is being rendered for us. It's already being loaded and all that. So think of the game Black Desert. When you get into that game, is there anywhere you go that has a load time, really? Other than you loading into the game itself? I don't know. I can't remember. I haven't played that game in so long. So pretty much it's an open world to where you go inside a house, you go inside here, there, whatever. There's no load times. The screen doesn't cut black or anything like that. What if that's what we're in? But who's controlling it? Who's controlling our presets, our 
our nine month creation time? Is it us or is it the simulators? Simulators. I would say our other selves. Like say it could be our aliens, our beings, our our future selves. I can't really determine who it is. Maybe we are the creators of this reality. This is a simulated reality, but we're the creators of it. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah, it's like the nine month process is us creating our perfect avatar. And then once we load up into the world, everything's already preloaded. All characters are made. All NPCs, non-playable characters are made to where we interact. Pretty much everything is, boom, loaded. And we're just progressing through the story. Yeah, I'm in co-op mode. Me and you are playing together. Co-op mode. That's right. As best friends, not lovers. <laughs> Sorry, I had to look at the camera. Uh, it is recording. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I, I like that, Dan. So that's what you believe. I'm not going to say that's what I believe. It, it was a thought process that came to my mind because thinking about, like, Sims and stuff like that, you know, people creating the perfect little family on there and all that stuff, which Sims is pretty much a simulated, you know, game, simulation game. You're controlling a family, what they do, how they live, shit like that. Well, I want to know, what is your personal belief? Do you think we're in a simulation or not? You think we're in the real reality? We're in a computer simulation? I don't believe that we are actually in a simulation, but there are a lot of things that connect and are pretty close to making us seem like things are in a simulation. How things, how certain things turn out or how sometimes some things can't be explained. And the first thing people go to is that's a, it's because we're in a simulation. There was like an error in the code. And like, that's what I feel like what kind of throws off the whole simulation hypothesis is the fact that when something can't really be explained, it's because we're in a simulation. You know, it happened because there was an error in the code or something like that. It's not like they actually have proof of it. It's just the fact that they can't explain it themselves. And then like, uh, I would say like you walk into a room, you know, there was a light switch here on this wall here. Like I think it was Philip K. Dick was saying. Yep. And he's like, but you know it was there, but it's not there now. That right there just makes me think that you knew there was a light switch in the room, but honestly, you just forgot where. Because there could be a lot of different things on your mind. And the fact that you don't want to be wrong. Like in your mind, you're like, I know there was a switch right here. I know for a fact there was. It has to be a simulation that it's not here now. Yeah, we try to look for explanations in, in everything. You know, we don't want to be clueless as yeah. humans. And I mean, if you're by yourself, you don't want to be wrong by yourself because you want to be right. Like we all want to be right. There's no way around it. Yeah. And the brain is a complex thing. I was uh, watching TikTok videos the other day of people suffering from dementia. That is terrifying. That is very terrifying stuff right there. This 40-ish, 50-ish year old guy waking up and living with his daughter and his daughter recording his interactions when he wakes up, not knowing where he's at, why he's there, what's going on. Imagine every morning waking up being clueless of how you got there. That must be terrifying. Yeah. Anyway, all right, off this depressing stuff. So, yeah, I don't believe that we're actually in a simulation. There's a lot of things that may seem like it is, but it's just because we can't explain it with our knowledge as of right now. Later on, it could probably be explained, but as of right now, we can't. So we point to the easiest thing I think people go with is that we're in a simulation. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Dan. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for that. No, you won't. <laughs> it's your personal opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Why should you get hate over something that you believe? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, being in a simulation, sometimes it's fun to think about and sometimes it's kind of depressing because if it is a simulation and all the progress that you do could just easily just be erased. 
It's kind of depressing to think about. It is. So let's not think about it. Yeah. So we're in reality. Yep. If you are a loved one, have proof that we're living in a simulation, send us an email. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Other than that, do you have anything else you want to add to today's episode before we roll into our on the scene for this week? I'm good. All right. Well, that is the end of our simulation theory episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Now we're going to get into our on the scene for this week. Now, if you don't know what our on the scene is, it is where individuals from all around the world record themselves interviewing other individuals or giving their own personal opinions on current conspiracy happenings that are going on right now. Now, anyone can do this. All you have to do is get your phone out, record the audio of you doing the interview or of you talking. Make sure it is less than two minutes long and make sure there is no music in the background. And then you can take that audio and send it to our email, Aaron at theories of the third kind.com or Dan at theories of the third kind.com. And we will put it in line to play at the end of the show each week. All right. So for this week's on the scene, we have Jack. We're going to play that right now. Hey, it's Jack with On The Scene, and I'm here with my dad. Chester. And my brother. Emmett. All right. Now I'm going to ask you guys. So, um, Dad, how do you feel about aliens? What are your opinions? I think aliens are real. Why? Because it's a big universe, and I don't think we're the only species in the universe. Okay. Emmett, how do you feel about aliens? I think aliens are real because there's more universes on, upon us, and if they stalled a war, it'll probably land on us. Okay, good, good, good. Now, Dad, how, what are your opinions on Bigfoot? Uh, Bigfoot is real. Okay, how do you feel about uh, Bigfoot um, 2024 running for president? I'm not voting for Bigfoot. Not voting for Bigfoot? Okay. He's not That's a okay. citizen. That's okay, that's okay. All right, Emmett, how do you feel about Bigfoot? Good. Good. I like him. Would you vote for him? Yeah, because because he is technically a citizen. He's all over this world. He's a citizen of the world. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Understandable. Understandable. Now, last question. Do you feel like there's lizard people in our government? Yes. Why? Because I think <laughs> there are a lot of bad people in our government. Okay. Okay, Um, Emmett, why? Of course... Uh, because uh, there's, th yeah, I believe because there's a lot of dumb idiots and also a lot of dumb people wanting for presidents and stuff. All right. That was on the scene. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Yes. Thank you for that. Jack, Chester, Chester and Everett. Yep. Thank y'all. We love you and we're proud of you. That's right. Bigfoot 2024. And he is a citizen, Chester. You take that back. That's right. We're going to sick Bigfoot after him. Well, they'll see what happens to Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you again for your on the scene this week again if anybody wants to submit one just send it to our email and we will add it to the end of the show all right so now we're going to move to birthday shout outs for this week all right so the first birthday shout out we're going to give is to miranda her birthday is january 11th and she requested a birthday shout out and uh, she wanted us to tell her that we love her and that we're proud of her. Happy birthday. I hope it's a good one. We love you and we're proud of you. We love you and proud of you. Happy birthday, Miranda. All right. Our next birthday shout out goes to Trophy Cars. Birthday is on January 2nd, which has already passed. But happy birthday, Trophy Cars. Nice. All right. The next birthday shout out we're going to give is to Steven. 
And this is a birthday shout out from your wife. Your birthday is on January 18th. And your wife says, thank you for being a gummy bear. Ooh, nice. Happy birthday. Love, proud of you. Happy birthday, gummy bear. <laughs> I'm a gummy bear. All right. Our next birthday shout out goes to Troy P, a.k.a. Big T, whose birthday was on January 1st. So happy birthday. And just want to say thank you for just being you and everything you've done. Yeah, thank you, Big T, Pusha T, Troy P. Thank you for being you and everything you've done in your life. We love you. We're proud of you. Happy late birthday. All right. So the next birthday shout out goes to Andy. His birthday is on January 8th. Happy birthday, Andy. I hope you're treating Woody good. Aha. Happy birthday, Andy. All right. And our last birthday shout out goes to Sean, whose birthday is on January 15th. So happy birthday to you, Sean. Hope it's a good one. Don't party too hard, man. Happy birthday, Sean. I hope it's good. And I hope you're having a good week. Love you. And stay healthy wherever you go. Yeah. All right. So that's the end of our birthday shout outs. Let's see. Do we got any announcements we want to do before we roll out? Uh. So I know oh, we did announce that we were doing video yep, soon. Yep. So let's just say yesterday we did record Patreon. We did record video, but as being noobs, oh God. we didn't realize that we had to switch the cameras around while recording. So it just got one view. And the view had an overlay on it that we didn't know it was going to capture the overlay. And it's like, hey, this is what we do. We just we do it and we learn and we continue on. Yep. But today, for like the, I guess, last 30 minutes or so, an idea popped in my head. So I ended up hitting the record on the video to where it gets Aaron in my camera in one shot. So possibly maybe later on, you might see those clips on YouTube or TikTok. But if you don't see these clips from today, the next couple episodes, well, actually going forward, we're going to be recording all the episodes with video and be releasing those clips and videos on YouTube. Be on the lookout. We're coming in hot and hard. Boom. Nice. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for their kind wishes while me and Dan were sick. We got a lot of lovely messages from everybody hoping, you know, wishing and hoping that we get better. It really feels good, you know, when we get those. Except for the ones that say we have shitty immune systems. Well, we, I don't know. We're, we're around a lot of people, so. Yeah. I was surprised we didn't get sick after podcast movement. Yeah, I was surprised we didn't get sick after that either. Anyways, all right, Dan, you got anything else you want to add before we roll out this episode today? I just want to thank everyone for being so kind to us when we were sick and understanding why we didn't record, you know, last week for the beginning of the year. It sucked. We wanted to do it. We had everything ready. Just our bodies were not ready for it. No, the universe had its way. Now we're going to have its way with the universe for the next. That's right. 51 weeks. It f***ed us, but now we're going to f*** it. That's right. So for that being said, I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for the support. You are all amazing, every single one of you. So Dan, you want to roll us out? Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone.
What is reality? What is reality? Have you ever experienced deja vu? What is reality? Have you ever experienced deja vu? Have you ever experienced deja vu? Have you ever experienced reality? The simulation is now ending. Goodbye.